this is Khalid Ali, the screening room editor from Medical Humanities BMJ Journal. I'm reporting from the Postgraduate Medical Humanities Conference in Exeter. I'm very pleased to have here Laura Hab from Trinity College uh, Dublin following her uh, excellent presentation today, Mad Doctors and Late Victorian Self-Experiments. I will ask uh, Laura to introduce herself first and then we'll talk about her uh, thought-provoking uh, presentation. Thanks, Laura, for uh, talking to us today. Sure, thank you for having me. So I'm in the third year of my PhD research at the School of English in Trinity College, Dublin, and I'm interested in the figure of the mad scientist, and I look at late Victorian popular fiction and kind of examine how popular authors responded to this um, increasing authority that was awarded to science and this belief that science could solve humanity's problems, like there will be a point where all diseases will be cured. And these popular authors that use the figure of the mad scientist kind of create this counter image to that and kind of create doubt and anxiety about this and kind of provide a, a pause in thinking um, amidst all this positive view of science. Uh, I'm sensing... A, a, a a degree of scepticism here that science has not got all the answers. I agree that science hasn't got all the answers, but depicting it in a negative, in a negative way, do you think that's controversial? Although some controversy is very healthy, I think. But uh, painting it in that way, can you put people off being scientists by presenting the, the negative images of mad doctors and mad scientists? I think that's right, yes. Um, I've talked to um, people from the sciences and researchers in sciences, and they're, they're put off by this idea that science is viewed as something scary and monstrous even. But um, I think, especially because I look at the late Victorian time, science um, was increasingly professionalized, and it wasn't understandable anymore for the layman. Like, chemistry like has this whole this whole language to itself like a table of elements and people who d don't know about it they don't understand what it means so I think in a way this fear of of the scientist is a reaction to not knowing what's going on anymore so not being connected anymore so I think ultimately it's what these fictions are trying to do maybe are trying to show how important it is to communicate your research in an understandable way and to show if you don't do that that public understanding of science will go in the totally wrong connection like personally I don't think science is a negative thing and I no. think it's I'm very thankful for advances in medicine I'm, I'm, ju I'm just uh, provoking uh, argument here I don't uh, mean that in the strictest sense but ca can you tell me more about the two novels y you, you uh, talked about today and the choice for those two particular novels yes so um, today I was focused on the idea of the self-experimenter and also of the idea on the idea of chemistry so not surgical experiments but something that changes like the, the material makeup of your body. And um, I tried to find two examples that are reasonably well known. Like most people know um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and then lots of people know The Invisible Man, even if they don't know H.G. Um, Wells' original novel. Like both, both novellas have had such a cultural impact, like the idea of the mad scientist. There are so many film versions of it. Um, these days and everyone has has an idea and can connect an idea to both ideas of like 
Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like two personalities uh, in one person that are split, or the invisible man who he's just so consumed by his own ambition and the defeat of this ambition that all he can do is kill people. So I'm going to ask you another question about how do you spot, uh, how, uh, with, with your expertise in the area, how, how do you spot the mad scientist? How I spot the mad scientist? It's very obvious. <laughs> in, do you in, think so? In, well, in, the, in the, the fictions I look at, it's very obvious. They're very plain in their message, and it's, it's usually a moral message that mad scientist is the evil of the narrative, um, the evil person of the narrative, and... Um, the villain so it's it's very easy to spot like um, I've looked at other um, books like Wilkie Collins's um, Heart and Science which is um, a bit earlier and um, he has um, two doctors and one is foreign looking he has um, a kind of a foreign name and he's secretive like he has a laboratory that's in the middle of nowhere no one knows what he actually does and then it turns out that he's a vivisectionist and um, is doing experiments on animals and kills animals and um, even kind of experiments on humans and then there's the other doctor who has practice he looks after patients he's he's absolutely opposed to vivisection and he um, fights the love of his life, he ends up happily married, whereas the evil doctor kills himself in the end because his ultimate research ambition has been defeated by the good doctor um, who's got there first with very traditional research, talking to patients, basically. So so the good good, uh, and the the great win win at the end, thank you for that. So... um, if you were to recommend uh, one of these books to, to medical students, which which one? Either these, one of these, or any different book? I would recommend um, H.G. Wells's *The Island of Dr. Moreau*, yeah. um, which has an evil vivisectionist in it. But I think Wells, he was very, he has a science, he had a science degree, so he was very interested in it. So I find his depiction of scientists is more nuanced and more balanced than some other authors in the Victorian era who had basically no clue what they were really writing about. And I think Wells is still important today just to show how how important it is to um, apply scientific insight to positive and beneficial use and how to communicate with the public and the scientific community in order to create something positive and beneficial. Um, thank you. And I, I think what you ended up your talk with about the, the, the need for an ethical and as well as a legal uh, and moral framework within which uh, scientists conduct their, their research. Thank you very much. Thanks, Laura.